Welcome to the My Intimacy Therapist podcast. I'm therapist and coach, Shade Giovanni. If you want to feel less anxiety in your relationships and enjoy a confident and spiritual intimate life, you're in the right place. So grab a cup of tea and a warm blanket and let's talk intimacy. Oh boy, this episode right here. I'm so excited for you to hear it. So if you are single, then you're going to want to listen to this. If you are even in a relationship, I think that it will still be good to hear what we're talking about because it's all about um, the partner that we choose and how for us to show up as our best and most mature selves in the process of choosing a person. So whether you're single or in a relationship, like we're always choosing. You're either choosing on dates or you're choosing each morning you wake up and roll over and say, good morning, babe. You know, (laughs) what do you want for breakfast? I don't know. I don't know how your relationship works. So without further ado, we have Simon Nicholas. Hello. Hello. (laughs) So I am here today with Simon and I would actually like to know how to pronounce your last name. Uh, well, I'm actually referring to myself as Simon Nicholas, which is my middle name. Oh, okay. what, what is the name that you saw online? Got it. Okay. See, that's, I guess I'm doing a similar thing. My middle name is Giovanni. So I go by Shadi Giovanni. It's kind of nice, isn't it? It's like, it's, there's something about it that makes it kind of unique and, and stand by itself. And often people have unique middle names too, right? Which is like two first names even, which can be cool. <laughs> Yes, I would like to thank my parents for that gift. <laughs> yeah. So please tell the people who you are, what you do. Yeah, so my name is Simon Nicholas, and um, I'm a relationship coach. Uh, I've been coaching people for the last four years, essentially to help people disrupt the patterns that they keep bumping into, mm. where it feels like I keep attracting the same kind of person, or I'm just totally discouraged by the whole thing altogether. But I really want a long-term committed relationship. Maybe I want to start a family. So I've been coaching people through that in my program. I have a three and a five-month program. And I've been helping people through that for the last four years. And I've had the privilege of working with over 150 people, as well as seeing five children born in my program. <gasps> wow. By far my favorite result. Like, it's like, it blows my mind. The fact that, like, this person, people have come to me like, I want to start a family. And then they're pregnant. And then there's a baby there and like that's blows my mind so and like healthy breakups and you know great divorces that is a thing mm-hmm. for those of you in anywhere in that situation uh and just attracting the kind of people that, that you really want to create something with so that's that's my vibe that's awesome i so i was talking with you before the call but um you your instagram tiktok situation was very unique um, to me, I obviously exist in this like relationship coaching and therapy space. So see a lot of people. And I think sometimes it lends to be a little bit gimmicky or, you know, <laughs> like the 10 things you can do to win them back. Or... I know, I know. It's, it's, it's the low hanging fruit. I yeah. Call. Yeah. And it's not my vibe. And so when I came across your video, I don't even know how, other than the TikTok algorithm being on point, but right. <laughs> It is your style of laying out the conversations that people are having and really just giving the subtext 
was such a unique angle. How did you even come up with that? Honestly, that's been just tons of repetition and letting myself try stuff. So I've, I've been posting videos every day for like the last four years. Mm. And my videos used to be like seven minutes long of me just ranting. And to be honest, I got bored of my own content. <laughs> and so I was like trying new things. I was trying short stuff. I was trying affirmations. And I actually saw someone else do this kind of conversational topic where I play both characters but two characters with either totally different personalities or different attachment styles or different fears. And I found that it was much more interesting than talking about something. Mm. It built traction quite quickly. Like I started my TikTok in June and I have 92,000 followers. And it's like, I couldn't believe that. That was not my intention to grow that quickly, but it somehow caught on. And I think it's because there's something that we all like about storytelling instead of speeches. Yeah. You know, there's something about like, I want to feel like I'm in the room. That's, I mean, that's why we watch dramas. That's why we watch TV because I'm literally watching two people have a conversation <laughs> other than one person talking about a conversation. So yeah. it's been fun of trial error and just playing with it. And it continues to be, it continues to be just this kind of let's, let's play with it. See what happens. That's really cool. And for reference, for those of you listening in the future, it's currently October. So that means that this has happened within four or three months. Yeah. Wow. So how did you even get started in this space? What's your origin story? Oh, man. Um, I would imagine it's it's like a lot of people. I'd be curious to know yours as well, because for me, it's been relationships have been hard. Yeah. That's down. Relationships have been hard. I've had really tough breakups the kind of breakups that have left me not wanting to get out of bed, mm. you know, trouble eating, not wanting to do anything unmotivated, all that kind of stuff, as well as just, you know, a real desire for connection with people. So I grew up, my mom raised me by herself. And I think part of not seeing her date people and her be in a relationship left me with a lot of questions. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have a lot of questions. This relationship thing and you, I'm sure, could attest to this, is like the one area that most people don't choose to train themselves in. We'll train ourselves in fitness. We'll train ourselves in business. We'll train ourselves in just intelligence overall. Mm -hmm. But relating to each other and communicating, we're just like, let's throw shit on the wall and see what sticks. And yeah. I did that and it sucked. Oh. And so you did, you had your own version of encountering, okay, this is just not working. And yeah, is it really supposed to be this hard? <laughs> Jeez. Oh my God. And I think I also, I really romanticized a lot. I was very much like in the whole movie, like what it should be like, you know, that was yeah. my temp. I think a lot of people are, especially if they don't see couples in their life, whether it's their parents or other people that, that demonstrate secure, loving, committed relationships. We're left to guessing and movies and, you know, all that sort of thing. So for me, it was started out as, as that. I had that desire. I mean, I read the book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, when I was like 16 years old, because wow. I was stuck in the friend zone all the time. <laughs> and I was like, I got to figure this thing out. And then the other um, key part was I actually got coaching. Like I started to see coaches and started to do personal development courses and programs. And the combination of my desire for this area of life 
along with really amazing people I've got to work with inspired me to the, see that this could be a profession. That is very cool. I like that it comes from experience, not experience like telling people you should do things exactly the way I did, but I have felt that feeling before yeah. I get it. Yeah, you should do things the way I didn't do them. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. And so the people that work with you, are they typically, I mean, I'm sure it's a wide array of ages, but where in life are they? Yeah, most most people I work with, it is a wide array. I think the, the oldest person I work with is 68 and the youngest person I've worked with is 19. Uh, but I would say most people are working between 30 and 40. And they're, they're just the kind of people that are like, you know, I've dated, I've had fun. I want to keep having fun, but I want to do it with one person. Mm. I want to commit it. I want to actually share my adventures of life with someone and maybe start a family. Let's talk about that then, because um, I think that once you get out of, definitely out of college, but then even out of your 20s, a lot of people start to feel very disillusioned about the idea of finding a person You've been on the apps for years at this point, or you've given up and downloaded. It's a whole thing. And so how, what are you saying to the people that come to you? And they're like, I don't even think this is possible at this point. I give up. All my relationships are toxic. Yes. Well, that, I would say that's the majority of people I'm talking to. So I understand. I totally can relate why people would feel that most people are toxic or that they want to give up because they're basing that off of their experience. Right. You know, you spend your twenties not having any training in this kind of stuff. You're going to develop some patterns unconsciously, you know, totally unconsciously, not to any fault of your own, right? This, this stuff is complicated. It's one thing to deal with your own fears. It's a whole other thing to step in a relationship with someone who has their own fears, interacting with your fears. That's going to be a whirlwind of things to manage and deal with. And then throw in the fact that, all the chemicals that are shooting around your body because you're in love or excited. Like, my gosh, we're talking about a really challenging and exciting thing. So when I hear people say they're discouraged or they just think, you know, the, the most common thing I hear is like, there's no great people to date in my city. Ah, uh, yes. You've heard that one, yeah? Oh, several times. And you know, what's funny is the list of cities that apparently there's no great people to date. All of them. <laughs> all of the ones, all of the ones that exist. And so when I hear that, I tell people in my coaching program that I'm the how and you're the what. So mm. you tell me what you want, and I'm the one who's going to show you how to have it. That's it. Your job, when you, the problem is if people are discouraged, then they're really focused on the how they can get something. Mm -hmm. I want a loving long-term relationship. How do I get there? Oh, well, there's no great people. I can't. My dating record's been so tough. You know, Next thing you know, they've already talked themselves out of it. But if we can just separate you from the how, just say, just tell me what it is you want. Well, I'd like to be a person who's like that. And I'd like to feel like this. Okay, great. Let's just focus on that. And so my program is a longer program, you know, it lasts three months minimum. So the intention is that I actually coach people through a process. So the first part is just getting clear about, you know, where you want to point your compass, what direction you want to go. Oh, healthy, secure. Okay, great. Now, the first thought always goes in their head. How do I get there? Pause. Not your job right now. Not your job. So my job is to really just kind of help them, help take the pressure off figuring that part out and seeing if they're open to just focus on the what a little bit more. 
And that what I imagine you run into people not really knowing their what, or maybe even the opposite end of the spectrum is being so rigid around what they think someone or something should look like that that's what's keeping them stuck. Yeah, yeah, definitely both. Uh, there's the style of like, uh, it has to be like exactly like this and not, no deviations. Those people are typically the, I don't even have a word for it. I got to come up with something. The ones that are constantly on the lookout for red flags. Anything could be a red flag, like, which is ironic because for a relationship to grow, you have to go through conflict. But if you interpret every conflict as a red flag, well, you never get past that part. Thus, there's no great people in the city. I can't, you know, find someone great. So it's not the person. It's like, how do we actually navigate whatever's in the way to negotiate with another person? To find out, you know, what's actually there that's causing me to judge and assess so intensely. That one is so huge. That's one of my biggest pet peeves with the current um, dating coach culture, maybe, or social media culture, is the hyper-focus on red flag, leave them, red flag, leave them, just this cutoff culture. It's not super yeah. conducive to healthy, constructive relationship. And it also doesn't train and help people to understand the difference between this is something that could hurt me, this is danger, versus this is something where there's a human who's annoying me or who's at a different stage in their growth and may or may not. You know, it's it's very black and white. They do something you said, they don't like, you leave them. Yeah, you said it. This, this whole like, I mean, it's almost like if you were to go, I don't know, hiking for the first time and you were like, yeah, but look at all the sharp rocks and the weather could change any moment. And like, what if my shoelace breaks? And you're like, yeah, all those are possible. So why don't we train ourselves, like you just said, to manage those things rather than keep ourselves off the mountain? I really wish that there were a way to integrate this more into our life, kind of like you were saying earlier. We have trouble with money. We'll go learn stuff about money or real estate or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll go do it. And with this area specifically, why do you feel that so many people will become super sharp in all the other areas and then leave this one in the background? Well, all the other areas are way less vulnerable. Yeah. You know, if I go out for a job and, you know, I don't get past the interview stage, I'm not taking that to mean... I'm a terrible person or I'm not good enough as a human being. I might not be good enough for my job, but if I go out there and I share someone, I love you. And they say, I'm done with you. feels like my world just fell apart. You know? So it's, I think there's just way more at stake in this area, which makes it more difficult for people to actually own up to the struggles they're having. I so often get on calls with people who feel really embarrassed about the thing they're going through. And almost everyone I'm talking to is going through similar things, mm -hmm. but they're not telling anyone about it. So it feels embarrassing. It feels like they're the only one. That, that made me think of the male female paradigm where it's like the ladies might think that, Oh, at least my girlfriends get what it's like. But the guy I'm dating, surely he doesn't understand or vice versa. The guys feel like, oh, these women are just heartless and 
they don't care about my feelings, but it's it's almost like you're sitting across the dinner table from someone who's probably experiencing some of the same things that you are, and it might manifest different ways, i.e. anxious, avoidant attachment, but which you speak a lot about, please, your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, I, I do. I, that's one of my favorite things to articulate in my TikToks is basically the thoughts of two people. Like imagine if we said everything that we actually thought, and that's like what mainly all my TikToks are about. I I really like you, but I'm scared that if I tell you this, you're gonna run in the opposite direction. <laughs> and a person goes, "Oh yeah, if you tell me that, I'm gonna think you're this needy loser that has no friends." Now no one's actually saying this out loud, but these are the thoughts that people are thinking. That's why I think so many people are resonating with it. And it's it's funny because to me, I just see us all as like we're a bunch of kids that just want to be loved. Mm. it's a good thing like that's actually a good thing but there's so much stuff in the way there's past breakups there's family trauma there's wow i've never actually communicated clearly before i've just been constantly trying to read in between the lines my, my second most popular video on tiktok is me critiquing another coach probably you totally resonate with this where the coach is saying and these are the ones I hate. If they really this, then they would this. Ooh, ow, ow. I felt if, that. <laughs> if, he really, if he really liked me, then he would do whatever it is. Message me right away or whatever the thing is. And my immediate response to that was bullshit. That's not true. That's not true at all. And it's such a lazy off the cuff statement. You know, if you really wanted to be a musician, you'd pick up an instrument right now. No, maybe you're horrified. Maybe you're so scared that the first note you're going to play is going to be so crappy that you'll feel like your whole dream's falling apart. Hmm. It's not a matter of desire. It's a matter of fear. And it's too many of us are looking for these quick one-liners to deal with a complex problem. If someone takes three days to message you, then they don't care about you at all. Maybe their uncle just died. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're sick. Maybe mm -hmm. a million things. What if instead you stop using that as an excuse to not be in communication, because that's the real thing at play, and actually get curious with another person. If you do that, well, now you're growing. But the problem is, well, if I was to do that, well, now I'm being vulnerable. Much easier to just sit over here and go, I knew he didn't like me, that lazy guy or that you know, righteous woman, whatever it is. Yeah, wow. And then the other side of that, for the ones that are able, and this is where I come in, marriage therapist, the ones that do find someone that they like and they date and they get married, it's almost like once you're on the other side of marriage and all that stuff that you just talked about comes up anyway, because we're humans, then it's right. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. When we were dating, you were perfect. What is this? Right. Yeah, that's a whole other bag to deal with, right? I'd be curious to know um, what you think about the different like stages in relationships. You know, like, how do you, do you clarify or define them at all? I've heard one person define these like five stages that I really liked. But I mean, as a married person myself, I'm noticing there's just so much I didn't know about other levels of connection and commitment, really. So what do you what do you see in terms of that and, and what stage they're stepping into as, you know, married couples or long term partners? So much depth there. So on a very simplistic level, I see the first stage as the 
the hormone induced love, puppy love, all that stuff. And it's good. We don't hate it. We don't want to be like, hey, you should not feel those feelings. They're great. Yeah. And then we have this, I'm thinking of like the, the, the oceans when they kind of collide that point right between two different oceans. Yeah. We have that crossing over point into companionate love. And that crossover is the place where so many people either get stuck, get shipwrecked, get, um, or make it over and then don't like those waters as much as the other one or learn to adapt. And so what I mean by that companionate love is, okay, maybe you're not horny all the time for whatever combination (laughs) of reasons, your body's changed, your job, um, I explained to my married couples, you have now taken on at least four different other relationships with this person. Right. One person. Dating. Yeah. When you're dating, you just have the, you know, this is my adventure buddy. Yay. I'm not making fun of it. I think it's cute. But. (laughs) And it's a stage, right? It's part of it. It's super fun. I mean, we all can look back at it and be like, amazing and enjoy it. Right. Like you say. And that's not the end of the conversation. That's not, yeah. So we, and so many married couples look back and be like, why can't it be like when we were dating? Well, no, now you're also co-parents. You're also business partners. You're also um, roommates, which is its own relationship. Um, If you're a person of faith or even not of faith, now you have this spiritual component. Um, Now you have the the daily flow of life. And if you're compatible in that, your health buddies you know, if your partner gets sick, it's you, you're a caretaker now. And right. so that companionate phase is this, the, the waters get really deep. That can be scary. It also asks more of us. Um, yeah. And so I think those are the simplistic too, but based on the way people date, sometimes they try to hop over into the deep side before you've learned to swim or paddle at all. Right. Right. And there's a lot of expectations I think we put on ourselves and other people to know how to do that part. Yeah. I love dating you. I've loved this honeymoon stage. Now we're just like somehow supposed to immediately be great at communicating with each other when we're embarrassed or like you said, not horny or annoyed (laughs) or stressed. Like we're supposed to know how to do that without attacking or shutting down. I think that's a tough one. It's super tough. tough. I wish everyone knew that you will be triggered by your partner. It's almost kind of their place in your life. (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, and that's where you get to go to that whole new level of connection and intimacy. You know, I often talk about my wife being the person who knows the worst things about me and still Mm -hmm. loves me. You know, it's like that's she's the only person that knows some things about me. I wouldn't want anybody to know because I'd be so scared or ashamed and she's still there standing next to me. Now we only got to that part because I shared some things that I was really scared and ashamed of. Exactly. Your role in that is active. And I think so often when people talk about that, you know, that's what I want for marriage, blah, blah, blah. They focus on the receiving of it. I want someone to do that for me. That's it's both. You have to give them something to work with, give them a chance to fail at it because you're a new human and if you're in your 30s at that point, you've spent more life without this person than with them. Yeah. And yet yeah. we meet someone and projection, 
<laughs> within the first three to six months, we're expecting them to know how to love us at a godlike level, really. And if they don't, they're not the one. And that's, oh, boy. That one, oh, man, that one, I mean, to be honest, people who are listening right now, you want to be so careful with that mentality. Because if that is your mentality, if they don't check box one through 100, they're not the one. I'm telling you this, you will be alone. Yeah, You will be alone. Because what you're expecting is not human. Mm. It's actually not human. And it's a really, it's it's cavalier. It's, it's borderline careless. Because you then don't have to be responsible for connection. You're just waiting for someone to just land at your feet, ready to know how to love you. That's ridiculous. And it's going to totally jade you like crazy. And I do think a lot of people, both men and women, are dealing with that. Yeah. You know, and this, this idea, like me sharing it to my partner, like, you know, things that I'm scared to share. It, imagine if I was just like, I will only do that if the other person makes me feel comfortable enough that I can. <laughs> it's never going to happen. That is never going to happen. Oh, boy, I'm laughing because those are some of the conversations that happen on the other side of marriage. Either way, or we're dealing with that conversation. <laughs> Yeah, well, and a marriage can be such a great time to finger point, right? It's just like, well, I would if you did this. Mm -hmm. You want to know why we haven't had sex so long? Well, because you don't do this. And then the other person says, well, well, I don't do that because you don't do this. And then just then we're off to the races, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tough to drop that. Takes, takes a lot of courage. Takes a lot of vulnerability. And that's, again, why I think people, you know, don't use our services as much as they could. And at the same time, I do think it's it's it, the tide is turning. I think yeah. a lot of people are starting to wake up. I think a lot of people are starting to recognize the value in coaching and therapy in regards to their relationships. And it's very exciting because there are tons of wonderful, amazing people out there if you're open to them. I agree. I it's It's very interesting to get a chance to sit with someone outside of a romantic context just as person to person and learn about who they are and get to see, oh, this is a person that is trying to navigate life. They know their fault areas, quote unquote, they know their weaknesses um, and they're either working towards it or they're not. But once we step into that mutual dating space, I think people immediately switch over into this get it right now zone on both sides. Like I have to be perfect or else I'll be rejected. Right. Yeah, yeah. And they need to do boop, boop, boop to prove to me that my least favorite phrase is um, like, get what I deserve. That concept. I don't even like the word deserve. The word deserve just throws me the wrong way. Like I deserve more or like just it just it's I mean, it's just a dangerous way to hang out. It's just a like imagine if you thought that about money. I deserve to be a millionaire. Well, no millionaires think that, by the way. A lot of people think that they think that. Yeah, and that's not true. It's it's because it, it, that becomes a conversation about fairness. Yeah, and and that's not going to be. It's just not going to be a productive conversation. Like this should be more fair. I agree with you. It should. The world should be more fair. Life should be more fair. And it's not. So now what? We can sit here, you know, arguing for the fairness of the world. Or we can take some personal responsibility to make a difference in what doesn't work for us. 
One is in the stands judging the game. The other is a player in the game actually lifting a load. Yeah. And I get, and I get that that is harder. Like I'm not even trying to pretend that that's some easy thing to do. At the same time, it's so much more fulfilling. Relational wounds are healed relationally. That's just the math of it. And it's so, I always feel really sad when I hear folks take themselves, and we've all done it, we've all done it. But when we take ourselves out of the game, because we're like, I just need to focus on me right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, to a point, but there's a ceiling to that. To a point, to a point, yeah. There's a point where you have to get in there. Yeah. I, I was a varsity basketball player, and so I like to use a lot of sports analogies, which is very very ineffective with my clients who never played sports. But um, like, I mean, it would be like, you know, LeBron James only practicing basketball and never playing it. Mm. Like you're just in the gym by yourself. It's like you can get a degree better, yeah. but at one point you go in the thing and you fail and you embarrass yourself and sometimes you win. And sometimes it goes exactly as you want it to. And sometimes you're wondering why I even bothered in the first place, picking mm-hmm. up the ball. And that's just part of it. Like, I think it was what people are are trying to shy away from is to pretend that's not part of it. To pretend that it's just supposed to just go right and perfect all the time. That's just not the case. And that point of view makes it very difficult to move forward. Very difficult. And even um, from a religious context, um, I can only speak about christianity or at least the american christian church but there is an extent to which there that is set up as um Mm. this is how you know that your marriage or your relationship is blessed this is how you know god's blessed it is if it's this smooth path this open door okay that's the languaging that's often given and if you're listening and you're like oh that's not what i received okay i am happy for you because that that's a really hard one to undo where now you have something that's messy, which, you know, at this point, if you're dating in your thirties and forties, okay. So now your partner's divorced or you get a divorce or your partner has a kid or, 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 or something happens that doesn't look clean and neat. And then now you think, oh no, God doesn't, it, it just gets intertwined really quickly. But at the end of the day, relational work is also grief and acceptance work. It's grieving everything you thought you could control and accepting this human as they change every second of every day. Yeah, that's an interesting one too, right? You know, you you marry someone, you choose to spend your whole life with somebody. You and them are not going to be the same person in 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Guaranteed. And you you will probably fall out of love. And then what? You know, I think the reason why my marriage works right now is because it's not because I'm in the mood for it. Mm. I'm not loving my wife because I'm in the mood to love my life. Sometimes I'm in the mood to love my wife like so much. And sometimes I'm annoyed to the ends of the earth about her what do we do then yeah you know I, I tell people often like you don't marry someone because of their qualities you would like to be with someone 
with particular qualities, you know, maybe kindness, generosity, humor, whatever. Yeah. Totally get that. Yeah, me too. But that can't be the reason that you marry them. Because if that's the reason, then what about when they're not funny? Do you then divorce them? What about when they're in a shitty mood or they're depressed? Is it over? You know, my wife is, I find her to be hilarious. I think she's one of the funniest people I know. Now, when she loses or if she just stops being funny, do is that it? We just pack it in? It's like, if that's the case, well, then <laughs> there is no such thing as a long-term commitment. Mm -hmm. It's just not going to happen. Which some I, people believe in that, that you can't yes. do it. Yeah, and the other part of that, too, is thinking like, Someone has to be, uh, you know, I want to be with the funniest person in the world or the most intelligent person in the world. It's like, sorry to tell you, whoever you're with, there is somebody funnier. Mm. There is someone more attractive. There is someone that makes more money. That's just, that's just, that's just math. You know, and so if we can embrace like, oh, wow, you know, there's things I really like about you. And hopefully there's some things you really like about me even though we both have a bunch of weaknesses and also challenges, can we contend with each other? Yeah. Can we go through life as a team knowing that it's pretty cool that you love me and it's pretty cool that I love you. And I'm sure there's parts of you that I don't love and there's parts of me that you don't love, but we're choosing to, you know, take this thing on together. That to me is like the greatest thing ever. That, that's that to me is what family is. Yeah, I like to think of it as choosing someone to build a house with, like quite literally to build with. And so, <laughs> I, yeah, I I see you and I think that I like the way we talk around things. Um, I think we're trying to build a similar-ish type of floor plan. Um I'm learning to trust that, you know, you've got my back. I dropped a screw. You were able to pick it up. I mean, it's kind of like a silly metaphor, but it's about oh, the that. dynamic, right, of yeah. what's happening. If I want to build a ranch-style home and you would like to build a skyscraper, um, that doesn't quite work, even though you're funny and hot. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, and that's, that's putting the other tough thing. At what point do I sell out? on myself with someone because you're funny or super hot or I mean you name the things um, I said that's the toughest one because you see it like shit this is clearly out of alignment probably in a big way but man I love the spark that we're feeling right now maybe we'll just figure that out <laughs> I have been there <laughs> And it's funny because that's exactly the the mental dialogue is like, oh no, this is not going to work for anything that I say I care about or value. But wow, are <laughs> right. you grateful? It's get? obvious, right? It's super obvious. It's like, like it could be as blatant as I want kids and I don't. It's like, are you sure? Hundred <laughs> percent. Maybe I can convince them down the road. We really, we really believe it too. In the moment, we truly believe it. Um, I, I, I recently, I don't know if this will translate to all kind of dating relationships, but was thinking something like if I were blindfolded, would I still want to continue this connection with this person? Mm -hmm. And so what do you relate to that? Why, why the blindfold? So the visual stimuli 
of how beautiful or attractive someone is. Uh, I thought that's where you're going, yeah. Yeah, and then even the pulling out the touch part of if if we we weren't touching, if we were not able to engage in all the cute hand holding, the cuddling, and et cetera, et cetera, would I still want this connection? Right. If you weren't Ray Charles when he holds their wrist, do you remember? Have you seen that? Uh, yeah, yeah. And he, he figures out if they're attractive or not by touching their hand and their <laughs> wrist. So you take that part out too. Blind and no touching. Nothing. What what would you have left? And yeah, there's there's one connection that I had with someone where I was like, oh yeah, no, I wouldn't want this. I'm like, oh. Nice. I did play it out. <laughs> Well, I get it. I get why you would too, right? That stuff can be so tempting. It, it grabs a hold of you. Yeah. You know? And then you start to, and then we go down this path of like, well, if I break up with them, and I mean, what if I never find this kind of connection or this kind of intimacy? And then that's what keeps us there. Therein lies the fear you were talking about. Yeah. Is I'm letting go of one thing for nothing. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah, it's no, it's no small thing. And that's why, you know, everyone that steps on a call with me, I'm like, I got so much compassion and empathy for because it's such a big deal to admit your fears. And they're such human fears. Like they're not like crazy fears. They're understandable fears. Yeah. But at the same time, it just, you know where it leads. In the very first call I do with people, my program's called Love Over Fear. Nice. The very, it's just that uh, to me, there's only two choices you make in life. Like if you look at every choice you've ever made, you can boil it down to it was either from love or from fear. And if you really look at it, it's obvious. It's actually like dead obvious. I did that because I was passionate, excited about it. I really wanted to, or I did that because I felt like there was no other choice. It was my only option. If I didn't, something terrible was going to happen. You just know. But we don't often check in with the source of our choices. It always feels like it's love. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the most obvious ones I had a group call today is I'm not going to tell you the truth because I'm scared it will hurt your feelings. Wow. That's therapy 101 right there. Right? Yeah. So like, okay, somehow I'm pretending I'm a good guy, kind of. Like, I'm, no, I'm, I'm protecting your feelings. No, you're not. You're acting like I'm small and I can't take what you're about to tell me. And it's actually totally costing us our intimacy and connection. Our relationship is so superficial. The hard thing too is when two people get caught in that dynamic where now there's actual evidence behind that. When you're early stage dating, you have a a more of a fresh slate to practice radical honesty and all that stuff. When you have a 10 year pattern, even a 10 month pattern where, well, no, I did tell you the truth. You blew up at me. You stopped talking to me for three days. You used it against me. So no, I'm not going to do it again. And round and around, it starts to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then and then what do you choose, right? Are you going to choose love or are you going to choose fear? You know, and think part of what can be very motivating, and this is a question I often ask people, what's the predictable future for you if things don't change? Wow. Most people don't look at that. Like we kind of just ignore it. So I don't have to deal with, Wow, there's that thing that I keep doing that definitely isn't working. Definitely. That I know if I keep doing it, I know exactly what my future is going to be like. But if I don't look at that, I don't really have a reason to stop doing it. 
I can just call it, this is how I date, or this is how I act in conflict. Well, imagine that's how you act in conflict for the next 40 years. You can guess what your life's going to be like. Now, again, that's not an easy question to even look at. Mm -mm. But if you do look at it, you can be really empowered. You can actually make a massive difference in your life if you're open to it. Now, again, coming right back to that compassion piece, not a small thing, but it's the exact reason I do what I do. And I would imagine it's a lot to do with what you do what you do, because when people are willing to take that on, love happens. Yeah. Families happen. You know, kids grow up with both parents. Mm. Big deal. In a happy home. In a happy home. Add that to, I mean, what's that like? That's a totally different future for that whole family. Yeah. When, when you said love over fear, what came to mind was the same action can be either from love or fear getting married can be love or yes. fear um having sex can be love or fear yeah. um anything can be dressed up if you want it to to try to pretend it's love if you're in denial and i, I don't even think this is conscious like i am seeking to hurt my partner i'm seeking to sabotage my own future i don't think any of that is conscious but what would it take for us and so i'll ask clients this sometimes in one of two ways what would it take for you to put denial down for just a second right directly at the thing or how how much of a threshold or tolerance do you have for this level of not okayness before it becomes a problem for you where you have to change that's a great question yeah where's the line where's the line in the sand where like i can tolerate i can tolerate Ooh, i can't tolerate that yeah. That's a really valuable thing to ask because then you know what your non-negotiables are in a relationship. Yeah, and at that point, I'm just like, hey, own it. If you know this relationship is not in alignment and you're choosing it anyway, knowing that it's not what you want, at least just be honest about that and know where your tolerance is. Where does it get to a point where you're going to remove yourself? And then it's up to you. Yeah, and that makes decisions way easier. You know, whether it's to get married or break up, even, mm. you know, and I think it's important. This is why your job's so important as well, because like, let's discuss the line. Let's actually find out where it is. Okay. Can I hit you? No, definitely not. Can I yell at you? Uh, I don't like it when you do, but maybe I can. Can I yell at you every day? Mm -hmm. You know, can I completely ignore you? Like, where is it? Can I... Like, well, as soon as we can figure that out, then I can go, that I will tolerate, that I will not. Which going but back it, to it, the red flags thing, it's, um, yeah. yes, someone might currently have a pattern of yelling in arguments because they hadn't had a chance to grow yet. Are you open to not doing that anymore? No, that's, I mean, that's where we can really be such amazing people for each other, right? Is like, the fact that you your your partner can help you grow into a whole new person just by posing a question like that that's a huge deal i mean that's that's what creates family because that person is seeing beyond your shortcomings seeing through that and being like i know who you are behind this 
now I'm not okay with what you're doing. And I won't, we can't keep doing it. Right. But would you be open to this other version? You know, one of my clients just recently broke up from an engagement and that it was exactly that. And what was so cool about it is she got to walk away with her head held high oh. and be so proud because she knows she invited that person yeah. to be in communication. She knows she didn't act from blame or resentment. You know, she listened to the person that he really is. And he, fortunately, he chose not to show up that way. And that's his right as well. You know, my coach often, you know, sometimes I get kind of overly optimistic and I go, you know, they'll, they'll learn their lesson. And then he goes, and maybe they won't. Yeah. Maybe they won't. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. We, we don't know. The thing is, who are you going to be about it? That's all you're in charge of. My wife may, might wake up in 20 years and be like, you know, I hate you. I want to get a divorce. And I can look at who I'm going to be as a husband and as a partner. And that is her choice. Mm -hmm. But can I trust myself and be proud of who I'm being, regardless of what anyone else does? You take that on. You're going to fall asleep quickly as soon as your head hits the pillow every night, no matter if you're married, single, have a family or don't. It's a very anchored place to be. I think of, um, so I have this term called self-selecting out where it's essentially, I know who I am. I know what I desire. I know who I want to be. I'm extending an invitation to you to join me in that build a house with me and you are welcome to self-select out. And so it's kind of like you saying, I see you, I see your invitation. I'm not willing to do parts of these. I'm not willing to have yeah, communication it. around what's wrong. I'm not willing to be open with you about my feelings. And at that point, this isn't even about a big, huge breakup, dramatic thing. It's, oh, we don't want the same thing. You've just pulled yourself out of the pool here. Right. And that's fine. That's great. Now, now you're looking at that as information. This just is valuable information. information. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't mean anything about me. And that's the hard part is to not internalize it, it's, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> Internalizing. Everyone wishes they had a handbook for that one or a magic pill. Goodness. That that one's a tricky one to do. But if you're able to say they didn't want the same things that I wanted, that was their choice. And to respect and listen to that choice. That's the other thing is we say, I would like a relationship where we don't yell at each other, please. And the person says, oh, I want that too. Next day they yell, day after they yell. So now I have the choice to either listen to what's happening or to try to say, oh, it's okay. They'll change. They, they didn't mean it. You know, they said, sorry. If you're telling me that I can't do that for you, I need to listen to that. Okay. Makes me sad, but. And yeah. And you're allowed to be sad about something like that. That's another two things. It's like, of course you're sad about that. Someone you care about. It's a sad thing. And you see potential in someone and that potential isn't met or fulfilled. And it's also a part of life. And I think like you're pointing to grieving. That's a whole, I mean, you could spend a whole big chunk of time just talking about grief and like letting yourself feel the relationships that really hurt that we just choose to cover up with another person, another warm body, 
the next on the rebound situation and therefore never having actually felt that sadness you know which can be so valuable and and, and tough like right it just is it is hard to feel that and there's so many great things to distract ourselves tiktok being one of them for sure <laughs> of course depending on the content you're watching <laughs> shameless plug right there <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i love it i mean i love this i love this topic i I believe life is best shared. You know, I often think like if I could have every single thing in my life, but I didn't get to share it with people I love, it really would be just a tiny slice of the pie of life. It would, it would actually kind of be hugely disappointing. Yeah. But even the opposite, if you could argue the opposite, what if I couldn't have anything I wanted in my life, but I could share that with people? That's actually not that bad. Huh. You know, the yeah. worst scenario of my life but with community or love suddenly isn't the worst scenario. Yeah. Pretty good. Even with the, the eh, complications that can come with arguments and like, Oh man, now I have to go talk to them about it and resolve it. And blah. But if we're doing that in a way that's constructive, you can actually have a deeper version of life and love with that. than if you just were like, Oh, I can't be bothered. Yeah, well, actually going through that actually is necessary for a deeper level of connection. When I think about the best friends I have in my life, they're only my best friends because they could tell me something I didn't want to hear. Yeah. They could lean in and risk themselves, risk me rejecting them or judging them for whatever they're saying. And they're going, I'm saying this and you might judge me for it, but I'm saying it because I freaking love you, man. And I'm just, I can't tolerate the shitty way that you're acting right now. And, there, and there's a precipice, right? There goes the fork in the road. Screw that guy. He's just being selfish or whatever. Or maybe there's something of value being shared to me right now. And that might have been really hard for that person to say. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a look at that. And now we are a bit closer than we've ever been. Mm-hmm. There's a trust there that is earned. Yeah, you can't and you can't skip that part. I think a lot of us are trying to skip that part. Yeah. And I understand why. I get it. It's easier, but it's also way... less durable. Less durable, superficial. I mean, the amount of people I meet too who don't have long-term friends in their life, let alone relationships, just like people you've known for a long time. Mm-hmm. Because we have gotten past that durability. It's like, well, I just dropped the last friend because we had an argument once, you know, where they had one belief that was contrary to mine. That I mean, that's a whole other topic we see online. It's like, okay, you and I like agree with like 90% of things, but you think that about that other thing? Are you insane? It's like, no, I just have a different thought. Might even be, it might even not be defecting our relationship by any means whatsoever, but it's just like, I can't be with someone who thinks that. It's like, really? So you can only be with someone who thinks exactly like you? It's a small pool. <laughs> a pool of one. <laughs> you, might, you might be sitting there by yourself drowning yeah Mm, so i i want to give people a chance to connect and work with you to do some deep work um but before i have a burning question how did you meet your wife oh man um i met my wife 
December of 2018, 17, 17 or 18, I can't remember. Um, but uh, I saw her at, I went to this party and I was invited to this party from like the gym I was working out at here in Bali. And I wasn't going to go because I didn't really know anybody, but I was like, you know, I just screw it, just show up. And so I go there and everyone's like crazy fit at this gym. I mean, I'm, I'm okay, but like, these are like people who could be on like the covers of magazines and they're wearing like speedos and like these gorgeous bathing suits. And I'm like there with my fanny pack <laughs> shirt. I'm like, I'm not taking off my shirt. Sorry guys. And anyways, I'm standing at the bar and I see her from across the bar and she's just got this like smile about her. Like she just has this energy that I found very attractive and also intimidating. Now a topic I'm really interested in is, is starting communication, right? In dating or in a, in a social situation, because I was horrified at the idea of going up to her and like saying hello. Mm. So I did something that I've coached people to do and I've learned from in my own experience. I warmed up to it. There's something big you want, break that thing down into smaller pieces and then take the smallest possible piece that's manageable and then decide what the next piece is after taking that small piece. So for me, the small piece was, I'm going to go walk around this party and I'm going to go talk to people I don't want to really talk to. Just like someone who has low stakes, not okay. someone I'm trying to meet or not someone I'm attracted to. I'm just going to talk to guys, women, whatever, and just like warm up my conversation skills. And so I literally just walked around. And I was like, okay, if you go back there after walking around and talking to like five people and she looks at you, then you have permission to go talk to her. That happened. She looked at me. And but now I'm like, shit, I don't want to do it. I'm still nervous. But he's like hyping myself up. I'm like, okay, if she looks at you one more time. <laughs> it's like basically looking for an excuse to not have to talk to her. And then she did. And I was like, okay, man, like, what are you gonna do? Go home. love or fear, right? Mm. You're gonna always love me. I really actually do want to talk to her. I'm just scared. Screw it, let's go over there. So I go over there, I say hello, and I spend the whole night talking to her and laughing and having a great time. And uh, we had this really quick chemistry about each other. And we, I wasn't even sure where I was going to live or what I was going to do. We were, this was in Bali and I was just there for like a month and a half. Oh, wow. She lived there for four years. And uh, we didn't try to answer too many questions all at once. Like what's the future hold? But at the same time, we weren't pretending that this was a fling either. You know, it was kind of like trying to find that sweet spot. And we got to know each other better and better. And before actually meeting her, I decided I wanted to move to Bali. And it was very important to me that I never move to a location for a person. Mm. Unless you're already in a long-term relationship. I think that's that's different. But I've done it before where I've moved to a location for a person. And there's just way too much weight on the success of that relationship. Yeah. And so it was very fortunate that I was already deciding to do that. And then it was, okay, I care about you. I like you. And let's see. And so that kind of turned into our relationship and been together ever since. And it's plenty of challenges. I'm not trying to paint this like some romantic rom-com here, you know, plenty of challenges, but it's those challenges that have actually made it a relationship and not um this thing we're in because it's what people are doing <laughs> yeah 
active active participation in choosing each other every day versus I guess we're still together I don't know yeah you're you're there I'm there okay fine yeah totally different context and so I'm very aware of that I think our profession helps with that a lot too is obviously I'm thinking about this kind of stuff all the time so just recognizing that you relate our relationship is created you know daily it's not something that happens to us so if someone is listening here and they're like, man, I've got some work to do. I don't even know where to start. I'm not at the level where I can even think like he was just talking. What can they do? Yeah. So if you're looking to find out more about coaching, I offer complimentary discovery calls for people to, you know, feel my style and get to know each other better, learn more about what people are dealing with and share the details of my program. I offer a group coaching program monthly. I don't offer any one-on-one right now because my my clientele is full. But uh, if people are curious to learn more about that program and try on kind of what it's like to talk to each other, uh, they can certainly find out more on my website, loveunderstood.com, or my Instagram page or my TikTok. If someone hears that and then they go, oh, group, uh, I don't know about sharing all my personal stuff with strangers. What are your thoughts about that? I love that question because that is a common um, experience, a common thought. It's funny because I've had that thought personally when I've taken group programs. I'm like, there's not going to be one-on-one attention. Like I just, how am I going to share that? Some of those group programs have been the most valuable because there's such an incredible connection built within the group. Like these become like your comrades in the trenches. And at first it is nerve wracking. Like the first people who share and the first people who you know, kind of out themselves are, are, are courageous people, but it gets this incredible snowball rolling where people really resonate with each other. They're inspired with each other's wins. They're inspired with what each other wants. And we also really get to feed off the energy of each other. So if anything, the results uh, can easily be amplified in the group setting. I agree. I mean, where else in life are you going to meet a group of like, how many people are approximately uh, between 15 and 25 nice 15 to 25 people who are in the same track of mind where they're like i recognize something within myself i would like to change i need help and so you're in an equally vulnerable footing with everyone in the group and i've seen that in therapeutic groups too where people are thinking it's the lesser option but in actuality you get a whole different layer of depth and meaning that you wouldn't necessarily get one-on-one Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, you know, it's my job to make that environment really uh, welcoming and uh, safe. So I make sure that that's there and that people also never feel any obligation to participate in any particular way. You know, I want it to feel natural for them to step into being more courageous. And that's what it gets to be about. So it's a lot of fun. And, you know, just to one quick share about that, the very first coaching program I ever experienced as a participant was a group of 150 people. Oh, wow. Yeah, 150 people in a room. And it was intense, like 12-hour days, like full-on. Yeah, like just intense. It was just one weekend, like a three-day weekend for 12 hours a day. And I went in for like business, and I came out with a totally different experience towards my family. I was hung up with on a previous ex. Didn't even know that was there. (laughs) 
I found out like I actually wasn't even open to love or anything. I was totally hung up. And in this program, I shared about it. I ne- I'd never spoken in front of that many people in my whole life. Wow. Didn't think that was possible. And so like all these things just kind of happened as a result of trusting the program and really just kind of letting it happen rather than feeling like you have to have things figured out. Yes. Ugh. If you are listening and you're even a little bit curious, get the complimentary call, write down some questions beforehand so that you can bring it and talk to him and not feel like <laughs> stuck on the spot and you don't know what to say. But then I don't also consider what we were saying earlier with like, this is an investment into a part of your life, right? You, you pay for the gym or you pay for school or all these things that might have a little bit more quote unquote tangible results. Like you see yourself bulking up or, you know, you get the job you want. Here's what it looks like here. It doesn't look tangible like that, but it does look like a depth around how you're able to enjoy your life. It looks like getting rid of some of the patterns that keep you stuck and anxious and frustrated or completely just depressed and uh, hopeless. It looks like you choosing people who are going to not waste your time, but people who maybe are more aligned with you. So these are things, if you want, then take the risk. (laughs) There's no downside to this. Exactly. Yeah, there really isn't. And, uh, you know, that might be the catalyst to a whole new level of momentum and growth. You know, I remember the first time I was invited to learn about a coaching program, I canceled twice. Mm-hmm. I was like, and it wasn't because I made up a reason. It wasn't because of that reason. I was like, oh, I'm so busy. I'm so t-. I was at home watching like a, I don't know, some reality TV show. <laughs> I just want to go. And then finally, I was like, okay, fine. I'll just show up to this thing. That was one of the best decisions I've ever made. Now, that doesn't have to be you, but if you can be open to a possibility, not a promise, mm-hmm. just start with a possibility and maybe see where it goes from there. See where it goes. Beautiful. Thank you so much for taking your time. It's a pleasure. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoy talking to you. Really, really a lot of fun chatting with you. And, you know, you, I can just sense how important you, uh, take this work, you know, really I can tell it really matters to you. And, and I can tell that you're doing a really important and necessary job. It's so necessary. I believe the world needs more love. And if, you know, the ways you are willing to put yourself out there and, and play a part in that really matters. So please keep up doing all the great work that you're doing. Thank you. You see, you see what I mean? This was such, I I love this conversation. There is so much depth in it. And so I hope something stood out to you. If you, if you so please send me a DM on Instagram at my intimacy therapist, or you can shout out to Simon on his Instagram. All that's in the show notes. Um, And just let us know what you thought or what stood out to you, or if there's anything that you're curious to know more about. But mm, yes, so Also, if you've been listening to the podcast and you regularly enjoy episodes like this, please consider heading over to your app, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and leaving a rating. And if you want extra gold stops, leaving a written review to let people know there's positive stuff 
good stuff going on on the other side of the play button. That means a lot because, I mean, I, I just do this to give you a chance to listen and learn from home. And so I'd love for more people to get that opportunity, especially when they're not able to access regular therapy. So. All that being said, may you be well, maybe you be happy, um, and may you live a life where you feel fully seen, fully known, and fully loved. We will talk soon.